Welcome to Usual Pets, an arts and poetic philosophy podcast with hosts Richard Gilbert and Jeff Cairns. For more episodes or to support the podcast, go to usualpets.com. In this episode, we are talking with educator, Korean traditional musician, and improviser Dong Wong Kim about his growth into the traditional music world in South Korea, the unique experiences that welded the heart of that music with his own heart, and his unfaltering drive to share that heart far and wide through improvisation. We start off with Dong Wan's poetic improvisation in our WTF, underscored by the usual Pets Pocket Orchestra. Onward. Seya, Seya, Sulpume, Jitin, Seya. Oh, birds, oh, birds, wet and tired. Harame, Tomilio, Soro, Pelzin, Seya. Drift by wind, separated from each other. Oh, my birds. Ne pumurora, kriyayo, ne nalgetisro. Doe numurul shitgehara. Come to me then. Let my wings dry your tears. Arirang, arirang, arario. Arirang, kogeder gamopanda. Arirang, arirang, arario. Passing through the Arirang Hill. Dalja, 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 kuna. Ka, chiga chi, inalja, kuna. Fly, fly. Along the bridge, across the world, together, should we be together? Fly, fly, fly. Arirang, 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 On the road, I take up my load and sit down beyond the sunset. Already the low mountain blots out the sun. Now, now. I fall asleep with me, with me. Over the mountain, across the river, 
the underclouds My lover is living there Who had let me hear Across the river Far beyond the clouds My lover is living there Where my heart is still longing So, ladies and gentlemen, we're thrilled today to be uh, graced by the presence of an amazing person and a very dear friend of mine, Kim Dong-won from South Korea. And Dong-won, would you please introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, hi, Jeff and Richard. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, my name is Dong-won Kim. I'm a Korean traditional musician and Korean traditional music educator. I consider myself as a music improviser, and I'm a member of a Silk Road Ensemble founded by the renowned cellist Yo-Yo Ma. What else? I'm teaching at a digital university. I'm teaching at Wonggwang Digital University. I have been teaching Korean traditional drumming at the digital university during the last 17 years. Wow, 17 years. Mm. Yeah, which has been very successful. I have uh, 400 students in my department. Congratulations. That's uh, 17 years at it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm so proud of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Naturally so. Doan, I think they're locally, you're fairly well known in the traditional music community in South Korea. But outside of uh, South Korea, of course, you have ties with musicians in many places around the world. You've been involved in teaching in institutions in different countries and so on. But one of the things that brought attention to you, at least to me, was your appearance in a wonderful documentary put together by um, Australian jazz drummer Simon Barker. Could you talk a little bit about that experience of doing that? Yes, yes. Participating in making that documentary film, Intangible Asset Number 82, was definitely uh, one of my greatest uh, musical journey or a journey in music. I believe it was beginning of 2005, March, I got an email from one Australian jazz drummer. He said his name is Simon Barker. Specifically, he wanted to meet a shaman drummer, shaman drumming master. His name was Kim Seok Chul. He was already kind of a living legend, amazing shamanic musician. As I was very close to the shaman, so I was able to introduce him. <laughs> Actually, I was very impressed by his big respect mm. you know, mm -hmm. for the Korean tradition. So I asked him, okay, whenever you can come to Korea, I will introduce you to the master. Mm. The journey became very dramatic because in the middle of the journey, we found out the master, shaman, became gravely ill. Mm. Mm. He was simply very old. Right, yeah. 
So during those weeks, I suggest Simon, why don't we meet other Korean traditional musicians or dancers or Hansori singers or shamans? Mm-hmm. So we had a journey. So I drove for them. Finally, we got an invitation from the master. Finally, Simon and the master met in a ritual ceremony. The ritual ceremony was for the shaman master's elder sister who passed away in early days. So Simon finally met him, and three days later, the master passed away. Yeah, wow. that was the amazing shock at the end of that documentary, <laughs> kind of. What? Yeah, yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, it became very dramatic. Yeah. Although mm-hmm. it was a you know film, a documentary film, but also it has a very strong, unexpected, unplanned drama. Mm-hmm. Sure. I've seen that film like three or four times at least. Oh. Maybe more. Nice. One of the things that's very moving, it feels like I'm going on a journey. Mm-hmm. I think it's partly is because of the music and the pensory singing. It's a little bit like a journey into history, mm-hmm. a history that's just unrolling in the present. Mm-hmm. When you go deep, deep, deep into the woods, Mm-hmm. to the waterfalls, mm-hmm. or there's drumming in a ceremony mm-hmm. of a ritual. It feels really wild, but also part of something really ancient. Mm-hmm. And it's all unrolling. It's like a Kerouacian that's right. wild journey that's just happening almost spontaneously. Mm-hmm. It's quite moving. You pick up on something of the spirit, something deep. Maybe soul mm-hmm. is a better word. I think that's one of the many interesting things of the Asian countries. You know, the, when you visit any Asian country, they have a great nature. They have a very long history and very deep traditions. So in the major city like Seoul and Tokyo and Kuala Lumpur or main cities in China, you know, it's very modern and everybody walking around with a cell phone. On the other side, you can go deeper to their traditions because there are those traditions and traditional cultures, social customs are still alive in diverse. So even as a Korean people, one of Korean people, for me, it's uh, sometimes it's uh, chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah, it's chaotic. You know, I have some shaman friends and I can visit uh, their rituals and that rituals all the colors and musics and dancings and even the words, the language is very old. But when they have a short intermission, you know, between session by session, they on the smartphone and uh, <laughs> Googling. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Talking in modern language. and <laughs> That's right, that's right. It's all there, everything's going on. Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, just multi-spectrum or multi-dimensional, multi-layered kind of culture. Mm. That's also what you brought to the world. Yes. You are a participant in all of these things. Yes, especially in our culture, a tradition, the concept of a real tradition is a tradition which is uh, still communicative with present. Mm-hmm. If a tradition is mummified, uh, we don't consider it's a tradition. Mm. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For example, it was last night. Yesterday, I just accidentally changed the channel of my television. One of the major TV show launched a new survival program. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a survival program 
slash auditioning program for Korean traditional musicians. Oh, is that right? Wow. Young traditional musicians. But the requested condition was uh, you, traditional musicians, please make crossover or fusion music uh. by using your musicality with the K-pop. Oh. <laughs> How challenging. <laughs> That's sort of the corporate spin on the right. whole thing, right? Maybe. That's right. That's right. It's like putting lots of kimchi into a cheeseburger <laughs> <laughs> instead of lettuce. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. That's my favorite dish. <laughs> <laughs> you baby. Yeah, yeah. I believe you, Jeff. <laughs> Wow. How nice. How nice. It's nice to have a chat. Yeah, I'm thrilled. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. The pandemic brought me another opportunity to look into myself and to look into my previous musical achievements. Oh, okay. A retrospective. Yes. And I found out that my musical achievements were soft. <laughs> so so you were depressed again yeah depressed again and then i decided to reboot how did you do that that's interesting yeah firstly i was uh, quite disappointed at my achievement and i was uh, quite kind of a shocked oh yeah i didn't tell anyone but you know i was quite shocked because i didn't know what to do with it ah okay yeah, yeah. And then I found out I didn't want to go back. Mm -hmm. Okay. One of my teacher, he is a great pianist and composer. He told me, hey, just go back. Treat yourself as a beginner. Even if you start over, mm -hmm. as you have a lot of lots of skills and techniques mm -hmm. and lots of experiences, it'll come back very quickly. What you need to do is you just need to check the very fundamentals, fundamentals of musicality. Mm -hmm. So I did go back and I practice most of the every day, almost every day. And uh, I practice like a real beginner on my traditional instruments. Yeah. And it gives me lots of lots of another level of confidence. Mm. And now I feel like I can go further. What did you feel that you lost in this uh, period that you had to rediscover, though? Was it just confidence? When I became 50 years old, was uh, seven years ago, I considered myself, I achieved quite a lot. And thanks to my tradition, uh, thanks to my ancestors, thanks to my teachers, and thanks to my uh, music supporters. And also, I had an offer from University of Guelph in Canada. They wanted to invite me as uh, one of their colleagues. Right. I really wanted to challenge him right. to the job as an improviser, as a music improviser. That I realized the tradition is a big rock I stand on. That's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the, without my genuine musicality and without my genuine empathy with the traditional music, I found that I cannot be communicative with others. I cannot be associative with others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's great. It's always great to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the scale one. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> when you say the tradition, can you discuss a little bit the background of the tradition for you? Yes. Thankfully, the Korean traditional music is quite alive in Korea, in South Korea. As you know, we have a thousand years long history. In history, Korean people were very well known as an entertainers. We do love dancing and singing and drinking. <laughs> yeah. The, that tradition is very strong, but that traditional music has almost disappeared during 20th century mm -hmm. because the first 40 years of 20th century, we were up to 1945, we were a Japanese colony, and then we had a lot of influence from Western influence yeah. throughout Japanese colonial period. And then we had a, a severe war between North and South Korea. Yeah. Millions of people get killed and most of the things were destroyed. My elder generations, my grandparents' generations, my parents' generations, they were so desperate mm. to survive. Mm -hmm. They were so desperate enough to decide, change the society from agriculture to industrial from Korean or traditional to Western to modern. Mm -hmm. So traditional music was in crisis and uh, almost disappeared. But in 1980s, when I was a university freshman, I was a kind of a first generation of a reviving restoration of uh, the music tradition into the society. It was quite successful. There was a big boom of enjoying the Korean traditional culture and art and music. That's surprising that you're the first generation of the revival mm -hmm. from the end of World War II in 45 to 19, say, 80s. Yeah, that's 40 years. Yes. What happened to trigger the revival, do you think? Or was there something special that was going on? There? Yes, that's a great question. That's a great question. You know, in, back in 1960s, mm -hmm. the GDP of uh, South Korea was uh, quite similar with Ghana or some very poor, mm -hmm. I mean, African countries. It's just about the same. My elder generations, they worked so hard. And uh, by the time of 1970, late 70s, the beginning of 80s, they had a feeling that, oh, now we can feed ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can feed our children. And then they and we realize kind of identity problem. Uh-huh. Yeah. The we are Korean. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the society has been transformed really rapidly from tradition to industrial, mm -hmm. agriculture to industrial, tradition to modern, mm. like this. And some people who has money, they just immigrant to the United States or something like that. And uh, so many people adopt the new religion which is Christianity. Nowadays, more than one-third of South Korean people has a religion in Christianity, including Catholic. The majority uh, in South Korea is American Protestant. Ah, okay, mm. right. Yeah, mm -hmm. gospelism, how do you say? It's uh, very... <laughs> evangelical. Evangelical, yeah, roots. Yes, kind yes, of, yes, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. A very <laughs> provocative or sometimes it sounds like a religious but also political propaganda. Ah, <laughs> yes. Yes. And right wings and anyway. So by that time, we start to have environmental problems. Because of the industrialization, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Industrialization, and also the farmers were suffered by the chemical poisons on the rice field and all these things. But some of Korean people were brave enough to recover traditions. They found out or they remind, yes, we had a tradition, very natural, organic way to eat, way to live, and way to maintain farming, maintain society, the medical treatment, and music. Right.、Mm-hmm. And also playing traditional music or listening to traditional music was also nostalgic too. So, when you were a college student,、yeah. you were one of the first young people in the university to decide, you know, I'm going to pick up a traditional instrument. I'm going to find out where is this culture. <laughs> How did you begin? And did you feel radical in that at the time? Yeah. I'm curious because you're also modern, you're also a contemporary musician at the same time. That's right. You play with、uh, musicians all over the world. In my childhood, I was raised by very religious and stubborn <laughs> single mom. And she was a North Korean refugee. Oh, really? And a Protestant. Since she g e t divorced by my father when I was five, she became more religious.、Uh, never get married again, but more religious. Getting closer to something Korean, something tradition was a kind of a taboo in my house. I see. Yeah. You know, when I finally confessed to her that I want to be a traditional musician, she was so disappointed and cried. Kind、mm-hmm. of three days and three nights. Oh, wow. And screamed, yelled at me. How dare you play evil music,、uh, shamanic evil music yeah,、oh, in、right. my house? Yeah. yeah. You are my first son. Oh my God. The most beloved first son. <laughs> you cannot let me down. <laughs> It's like worse than rock and roll, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Devil's music. Yeah, why don't you play guitar like others? <laughs> Yeah, she gently said that to me. Really? Yeah. Why don't you? <laughs> of course, you know, buying guitar or learning Western classical music was not affordable.、Mm-hmm. Huh. Right. Yeah, you know, for me and for my family.、Mm-hmm. But my major in university was technical engineering.、Mm-hmm. But on the first month of the year, as a freshman, I just heard a very strange drumming sound. Really? On the campus.、Mm. Some of students they were practicing on the campus. Some of them were wearing a traditional mask、mm-hmm. and they were practicing mask dance. There were some gongs and drums, leather instruments. Without thinking, that sound became an arrow to my heart. I just fell in love with it. Right. Maybe I hate my mother. <laughs> <laughs> We can edit that part out for you, Don Juan. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, hate and love and love yes, and hate. Yes, you know, all this. The opposite side of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. 
you're saying also, you know, it's not your fault. Something happens. Yeah, something happens. Something happened. Exactly. Something happened. You can't explain that. That's right. That's right. It, it was like uh, exactly like falling in love with someone. Mm-hmm. Because I since that day, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I just volunteered. And then finding them again was very easy because they are very loud. <laughs> so I, I visit them and I ask them, who are you? And uh, they, they say, oh, we are club. Korean oh, yeah. traditional right. traditional music club. And then I just joined and then I learned. But on the other side, that was a year of 1984 and we were still under the military dictatorship. Mm-hmm. At that time, the young university students, they were really in the resistance and protests. They were doing protesting mm-hmm. all the time against the dictatorship. Mm-hmm. At that time, so many people were arrested, kidnapped, missed, mm-hmm. and killed. And uh, it was like uh, not as severe as uh, what happened in Argentina, but it was quite severe anyway. Mm-hmm. In our tradition, in our history, when there was a military or armed resistance or armed protest against the enemy or against the government, there were always drummers, drummers in front of the troop, in front of the protest people. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. And also at that time, there was no any walkie-talkies or All right. mm-hmm. you know communication mm-hmm. tools. Yes. So the drumming sound has drumming rhythm mm-hmm. became a good signal, mm-hmm. right? And also encouraging the other people to come join. That's right. That's right. And also, if you play this rhythm, it means this formation. Oh really? Oh, so no, we, so it's signals. It's communication. Yeah. The signals. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhythmic signals. Rhythmic signals because it is loud, and also it encourages you during the battle. Yeah. So. Were you there? Doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in protest, wow. I mean, it has been happening hundreds of years or thousands of years in Korea history, and we were still doing it <laughs> back in 1980s when we had a protest against armed policemen. Mm-hmm. We drummers, we play the drums in front of the protest. And then when they start to shooting the tear gas gun into the air, we take out and others do something, you know, like a throwing rock or flammable, yeah. <laughs> you know, bottle, yeah. something yeah. like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We were considered as a quite brave yeah. or reckless. <laughs> <laughs> reckless, provocative drummers. Right. Yeah. When you say traditional music, you just gave us a really big insight into the social aspect that's really powerful. It's not just sitting into nature or it's not just uh, some kind of uh, Mm. withdrawal outside of a social context. It seems very complicated. That's right. That's right. That's what happened to me. Exactly. I just, as I told you, I just fell in love with uh, by the sound, by the rhythm, by the music. And then as I get into the falling in love with the music and start to find another alternative tour or alternative answers. Mm-hmm. For example, I was suffered by Christianity. Mm-hmm. I was a good boy. <laughs> I, really did, I really did my best to serve my mother. Yeah. But whenever I go back to church, they say, I'm a sinner. Uh, right. I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and also a preacher. Mm. 
right. the priest or right. yeah right yeah yeah they never gave me a reasonable answers <laughs> to my questions when i fell in love with the traditional music i couldn't get closer to the traditional religion traditional philosophy the traditional other cultures and then i felt so comfortable Metaphorically, I still used to say that tradition is like womb. It's a perfectly protected. The womb provides you everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a very comfortable and safe uh, nest. The original home. Yeah, original home. I'm not sure when the dictatorship ended. The really strong conflict you're describing was part of the entryway to something that in your life that was deep in your heart. But also being an activist, expressing the tradition, but also speaking to power, changing the world, wanting to expand the social matrix. Let me put it this way. When I fell in love with the Korean tradition, I found out another name of tradition is empathy. Especially in the music I falling in love with was uh, Specifically, it's a Korean traditional community music. Yeah, music played and performed and shared by the community. In this case, the community is based on a village. There was a specific way of making this kind of music by the community. Specific ways of how do they use this music. They play drums, not only for their entertainment, but also for during farming on the rice field. Because working on the rice field is spine-breakingly difficult job, especially when they have to get rid of all those weeds by the hands, at least three times in a year. It was so difficult. In our tradition, there were few people, three or four people, who keeps playing drums towarding the farmers who are working on the field to encourage them to console their difficulties. Yeah. Something like that. And also, when there was a funeral ceremony or funeral marching, the farmers' drumming band followed the marching or funeral by playing the drums. So during the dictatorship period, we thought we had to work together, we had to support each other by playing the music. So that's why when there was a young man who got killed by a tear gas gun, tear gas gun shot in 1987, it was August. And I was so uh, disappointed and shocked and uh, sad. And I volunteered to play music for his funeral. Mm. And I get arrested and I was wow. imprisoned for three months. Wow. And I was beaten. They almost broke my spines. And that's why I had to have the three spine surgeries. Yeah. So my car has a yellow person. That's right. (laughs) I had no idea. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so heavy. I'm good. I'm good. The third uh, medical operation, surgery and recovery was uh, quite well done. So uh, I'm I'm good now. I'm good now. But politically, the dictatorship was ended by end of 1987. Right at the end there. Yeah. Yeah. But the influence, Mm. you know, that culture... It has been, you know, many decades. Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, the uh, Japanese colonization was a kind of a dictatorship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Korean War happened in the 1950s. 
So a lot of detailers has begun from that time. So it has been many decades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that culture, depressed culture or the manipulating power mm-hmm. has been there, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the, the dictatorship, you know, the shade of the dictatorship is still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a dissolving, mm-hmm. definitely dissolving, but it's still here. Especially the powerful people, yeah. like uh, prosecutors. Yeah. Or some very rich people, or the very conservative uh, media journalists, mm. they don't want to. They just want to work as before. Keep doing what they're doing. Yes, right. Recently, Korean dramas on Netflix have become extremely <laughs> popular in the world. The big stories are police and the prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of the things you're saying are actually endless mm-hmm. dramas. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. The rich people get richer, powerful people get more powerful. Yeah, and that kind of a social gap became stronger. There's also so much humor. That's right. We try not to lose the humor. Thank you for talking about your past and what happened. The years of our 20s are so powerful, especially when there's a social conflict going on mm-hmm. and then you're in it mm-hmm. beyond what almost mm-hmm. anyone I know experienced. I confidently can say that I overcome the trauma. Mm-hmm. Of course, I had a trauma. I was under the trauma at least 10 years after the imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I cannot breathe properly when I see the policeman's uniform or, you know, military military uniform. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I start just kind of a very strong anger and rage mm-hmm. just, you know, coming out. Yeah. The, when I see little wrong things while he or she is driving, you know, uncontrollable, yeah. you know, rage and anger just came out and ah, this kind of, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It triggered you somehow. Exactly. Exactly. Like that, a snap. That's right. That's right. But again, playing traditional music, it became healing power mm-hmm. to my trauma. Yeah. It's so grateful. Mm-hmm. 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 How you describe what happened to you when you were really young the horrible torture and imprisonment broke your back and the trauma. But somehow through all that, you know, there's something growing. I feel how you describe, not that you overcame anything, but somehow you, maybe transmutation, like alchemy. That is kind of chemistry in a way. Uh, I was raised in a very poor family by single mom. And uh, I was starved. Uh, physically very weak, skinny, and uh, depressed. Mm. And then I fell in love with the traditional music. And then I was suppressed by the reason mm-hmm. I played the music mm-hmm. as a protest. Mm-hmm. And so my life was uh, even, the, I was kicked out, I'd say discharged mm-hmm. by the university. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, when a student was uh, imprisoned for political reason, the student was always kicked out by the university. 
So I felt like uh, I was trapped in a very long cave or tunnel. Right. Yeah. Very dark. Very dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think I was uh, romantic enough <laughs> to uh, light up a candle. It's a metaphorical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was not able to find any light. Yeah. Mm. So I decided to light up myself. Mm. Mm. Although I was very poor and weak and depressed, I always tried. Yeah, I always tried to uh, be a very funny and humorous and bright person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always, I think I have been living with the word with empathy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, empathy is a big word. I found out it's a very useful strategy. Because when I was bright, when I was warm to others, the darkness and the coldness mm -hmm. goes away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As bright as I am, mm -hmm. it goes away. Mm -hmm. And then I could see more and more. Mm -hmm. Just how I survive. I understand. That's beautiful. Yeah. And then I had a faith in my tradition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, all those traditional wisdoms and approaches and uh, my ancestors' way of living. And I always believe there must be an answer or there must be hundreds of ways to get through these difficulties, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And also, I was really, really fortunate enough to have uh, numbers of great teachers. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I was very lucky. When I start to learn and play Korean traditional music, I start to meet some Korean mm. uh, amazing music masters. And they used to say, oh, you want to be a better musician? Then you need to be a better person. Uh -huh. mm. That was a very traditional concept, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Having all those experiences related with Korean traditional music, I fell in love with the traditional music. In the dictatorship period, I participated in protests and then I got arrested, but I never compromised myself hmm. with the dictatorship. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, I get punished more, but I never compromised myself. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was raised by, you know, Korean tradition. With all those experiences, I became a little bit better person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It gave me another type of confidence mm -hmm. to survive and to go one step further. It became a trend, but the beginning of a pansori was uh, just 300 years ago. Really? Yeah. There was a tradition of uh, you know, shamanic singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Storytelling. Uh, Storytelling or singing kind yeah. of a thing, yeah. but the uh, professional level of uh, singing delivery right. on storytelling, yeah. like pansori, never happened. Oh. It began two, three hundred years ago. It was an evolution. That's right. It was evolution. Yeah. Jeff and Richard, you remember one of my favorite, the Hagen player, Kang Eun-il. That instrument is a very old instrument, mm. but one of her traditional uh, solo instrumental music style we call it Sanjo. It's less than 100 years. Oh, is that right? When the young student wants to go to a university by playing that instrument, all of them have to play Sanjo to express their skill and the musical sense. Mm -hmm. But that form was invented maybe 100 years ago. The my music, Samulori, drumming ensemble, the farmers, they have been playing drums hundreds and maybe thousand years. Mm. 
while they were working on the rice field, in the ritual, in for entertainment. Mm -hmm. But my music, Sam Lori, mm -hmm. it was invented by my master back in 1978. Right, right, yeah. And then it became the most popular form of traditional music. It's the crazy hats with the long strings on top swirling around, <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> what I want to tell you is the real tradition, they became successful to communicate with the present or modern world modern society. And when they gain the modern sense, they gain new vitality. It takes a really innovative artist to do that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Comes from individuals. That's right. That's right. In the matrix of the cultural. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. How do you feel in your own evolution as an artist and musician? You were talking earlier about feeling like you should go back and be a beginner. Mm-hmm. Metaphorically, if I'm a farmer and I just lost my harvest by typhoon or whatever, just before the harvest, there was a big typhoon, I just lost everything. In next year, what should I do? I cannot restore my harvest. I cannot do that. If I want to get my harvest, I have to go all the way back to the level of a planting seed. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing at the moment. I was quite disappointed in my musical ability. I was just starting over. It's challenging, but I think it's the best way, probably the only way. When I hear you say that, what comes to my mind is that you want to be open to a completely new approach. Yes, yes. Somehow the framework seems too limiting. I mean, there's a reason why. Mm -hmm that harvest is uh, sort of wiped out. It's almost on purpose in, a, in some way. It's a little different than the metaphor, unless you think it's uh, like a natural disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, on the other side, you know, the, I cannot make a lady pregnant by shaking her hands. Okay. I mean, the real creation yeah. is happening in DNA level. Mm. The real creation, real innovation is happening when you reach to, when you encounter each other at the DNA level, not the physical level, but the chemistry, the chemical level. Mm -hmm. That's why I always encourage my students, if you want to create something new, if you want to be innovative, mm -hmm. do you know how to deal with the DNA of your music? That's an interesting way to think of it. What is the most essential thing? Mm -hmm. What could be the most principal thing mm -hmm. of your uh, music? I think when you say DNA, you mean something different than just code. It's not just an assembly of proteins or something. Not code, but core. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The musical core. Alchemy is there. Yes, yes, yes. There's a possibility of transmutation, transformation, because you meet that, or it mm -hmm. meets you, as a chemistry and energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm curious now. So when I joined with the Silk Road Ensemble, it was uh, year 2001. At that time, I heard that Yo-Yo Ma had an interview with some major you know, newspaper or something. As far as I remember, one of the questions to Yo-Yo Ma was, uh, Okay, 
So you want to do another fusion music with your classical, Western classical music with some another fusion music? And uh, Yoyo's answer was uh, like, fuse means you mix something together, but there are many different types of uh, music traditions here, Western classical music, many different musics from the Silk Road area or from all over the world. Or fuse, we will respect each other. We will learn from each other. We will love each other. And then finally, we will create something new together. And then maybe the fusion thing could be happening. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's a beautiful vision. Yeah. So that's one of many reasons I respect Yoyo. He is a man of vision. He is a man of vision. He clearly said that making fusion music is not the goal. Mm -hmm. The goal is we try to know more about each other, each other's music, each other's tradition, each other's musical approach and life and culture, Mm -hmm. history. So when I was participating into the workshop, Silk Road Music Workshop, Mm -hmm. most of the discussion was about this. Yeah, introducing my instrument to others Mm -hmm. and my tradition, all these things. Even if it is a brief chance, we always do. And we always try to learn each other Mm. and then create something new. It must have been an incredible experience. Oh, yes, 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 definitely. I learned a lot from it. And also by participating into the beautiful project, the Silk Road project. Yeah. Of course, I learned a lot. Also, I was able to have another level of confidence. Confidence about my music tradition, about my music approach, including, oh, you want to be a better musician? Be a better person. Yeah. (laughs) This kind of concept. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Philosophical concepts. Yeah. And empathy. Empathy. Hmm. I think you're a great person. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I'm trying. <laughs> Music has certainly helped. Yes, Art exactly. practice mm. uh, really helps. Mm. That's right, that's right. Okay, Don. Yes. You uh, sent us your WTF for this episode, mm-hmm. and we've done some arranging with it, and, you know, we kind of got oh. it into a, a probably a slightly different scale than you originally sent it, not in terms of time, but in terms of what we considered a flow of the information that was coming through it. And one of the things that really jumped out to me after listening several times to your poems is this deep romanticism in it, (laughs) a strong romantic edge to everything. I'm a romantic person. (laughs) That's what it is. Okay. The man with a bottomless heart. There he is. It's wonderful. It's not actually a laughing matter. It's a wonderful thing. I wonder if you could speak to that, the romanticism in the, either the words that you sent, or is there something deeper in that? Oh, maybe, I mean, speaking of romanticism, mm-hmm. maybe it was one of my powerful weapon to protect myself. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. Or save myself from the world (laughs) (laughs) or i'm kidding maybe it was uh, my best methods Mm -hmm. to communicate with the world Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, actually it was. So in these poems, as listeners will have listened by now, you spoke of loss and you spoke mm -hmm. of distance from the thing mm -hmm. you love. Mm -hmm. These kinds of feelings, of course, they're mm -hmm. common feelings to most people, mm -hmm. I suppose. Mm -hmm. It seemed to be at least a common thread in what you were writing. Yeah, I sent you four of my poems, mm -hmm. and most of them were very improvisational. Right. It just came out right, to right. my heart, accordingly to the situation. Mm-hmm. Over the Mountain, mm -hmm. the title became Over the Mountain. I recorded it in 2016. I was doing an artist-in-residence program at the Carleton University mm -hmm. in Ottawa, mm -hmm. Canada. Mm -hmm. There was a jazz piano professor. Mm -hmm. His name is James McGowan. He's an amazing pianist and music educator, very warm-hearted romantic pianist. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Because one day he visited me and he said, hey, um, Professor Kim, I want to experiment with you. Some, uh, mm -hmm. What are you talking about? And he said, I love improvisation, but I do not feel comfortable all the time. So I want to experiment something with you. And then hopefully I can deliver my improvisation more comfortable way. Mm -hmm. Because the School of Music was uh, encouraging the other professors to make music with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Get their money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he wanted to do something with me. But, mm. you know, the all of my musical instrument mm -hmm. was so foreign to him. Yeah. So he wanted to experiment or pre-rehearsal kind of a thing. Mm. I was so willing to do that. So we did it. In an empty classroom, just two of us, immediately we fell in love with each other. Mm -hmm. And then he set up a gig for audience and live recording mm. at the Steinway and Sons Gallery in Ottawa. Mm. Okay. There were dozens of very expensive Steinway pianos. Mm -hmm. We played there. It was a full improvisation, nothing sketched, nothing mm -hmm. planned. Mm -hmm. At the one moment, his warm approach, very romantic Mm -hmm. just touched my heart. Suddenly I remind uh, my uh, first love. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of feeling. Oh, that kind right. of feeling. Okay. Yeah. And then the word, Sanamo, just came out. Mm. Sanamo means over the mountain. Ah, okay. Yeah. Mulgono, across the river. Far beyond the clouds. My lover is living there. Who let me here in sorrow? So, yeah. so on, so on. Yeah, yeah. At that time, I just improvised the lyric and the melody. Yeah, and uh, it recorded beautifully. Both of us really, really loved that track. And then it became a, how to say, title track. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes it just came out like that. And uh, yes, of course, I think definitely the, some romantic mood yeah. became a fuel of making this lyric and music.
One of the things of interest to us in this podcast has to do with, well, you just said it, things that just come out like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of put it into different words, but it's an interesting thing. And one of the things we wonder is, is it a process? Is there any process that an artist goes through to either make things come out just like that or allow things to come out just like that? We think of it in terms of an entryway to creativity. Mm-hmm. Now, you've talked a lot about entryway into creativity here in a kind of communal sense with the Silk Road Ensemble experience and so on. As an individual, when you encounter another artist and you're intending on a completely improvisatory situation, mm-hmm. how do you enter into that? What do you do? When I play improvisation, the only thing, the one thing I always prepare is the uh, emptying bean, mm. which means I know that the best way, and for me, the best methods, mm-hmm. best way to do improvisation is uh, giving up my previous best musical achievement and forgetting my previous delicious practice. <laughs> So does that kind of mean that you abandon your standard up to that That's point right. in a way? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then on the stage, when the improvisation is happening, mm. my first step is listening. Yeah. Yeah. And then I do my best to uh, listen uh, others' uh, musical delivery mm-hmm. in a level of a uh, not physically, but chemically. Yeah, okay. Chemical listening. Does it make sense? Yes, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Chemical listening. And then I try to interpret their delivery into my feeling Mm -hmm. and my musicality and my musical instrument. And then I let go. And then it comes out, sometimes with my drums or my body movement or singing. Mm -hmm. To be creative, I have to be new. And my way to be new is uh, giving up my previous musical achievement and uh, lovely habit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just a stubborn, you know, asshole <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> and uh, metaphorically, I call this kind of improviser masturbator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're just right. Regurgitating, regurgitating their old, right. their same old things. You know, closing their eyes and mm-hmm. doing, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. repeating whatever he did it yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, in his practice room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the beauty of improvisation is uh, improvisation always has a room for error. Yeah. Yet it embraces, it allows you to fail. Mm-hmm. Because we can start over from it. Mm. And we can adopt the failure, musical failure in skill. Right. Yeah. We can adopt it mm-hmm. to another level of improvisation. Right. That's one of the beauty. Yeah. Well, in other words, there's no failure in improvisation. It's how you grasp the moment and move forward with it, not how you look back and cry about it. I can agree more. <laughs> <laughs> When that's happening, what does it feel like? It's like uh, naked. (laughs) Being naked. I mean, in very pure way. (laughs) Nice way and pure way. 
it's a very powerful moment. Mm-hmm. That correspondence, musical conversation,、mm. that energy, and、uh, the shared empathy. Oh, it's beautiful,、mm-hmm. undescribably beautiful. I love it. Yes, I've received a lot from this great Jeff Kins. <laughs> Big brother. Our experience was communal. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was a wonderful communal experience that we. Oh had. yeah! Oh yeah yeah. yeah! 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 I did give you some. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Donwan, what's coming up for you? Is there?、Uh, what do you have cooking? At the moment, I'm challenging to another traditional drumming, which is pansori accompanying.、Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I've been doing pansori accompanied drumming. Yeah. For more than three decades. Oh yeah. But I want to achieve a higher level. So at the moment, I'm visiting、uh, renowned pansori singers,、mm. and then I practice with them. I pay for their singing, and then I play from their singing,、mm. and then I collect their comments.、Mm-hmm. I'm trying to improve my accompanied drumming skills and、yeah. experience, which is very joyful for me. It's really joyful,、mm-hmm. and then, as I told you already, it has been 17 years since I've been teaching Korean traditional music at a digital university. Right. So, in couple of years, it'll be 20th anniversary.、Mm-hmm. I start planning for it, like a you know symposium, academic symposium, right, and some publications and recordings and performances. Fantastic. Oh、so, yeah. And as soon as we can go back to normal life, I'm dying for visiting other country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Kumamoto is the nearest one. <laughs> you, you know that you're always welcome in Kumamoto. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. Very happy occasion. Really appreciate you. How great to have a sincere conversation with you,、uh, yeah. with the very wonderful, wonderful brothers. Thank exactly, you. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. It's been a treat. Yes.、Yeah. Until next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to Usual Pets on your favorite podcasting platform. You can also leave a comment at usualpets.com. If you would like to support Usual Pets, please consider becoming a patron and head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com/usualpets. Music for this podcast has been composed and performed by Gilbert and Cairns. Cairns.